host, Harla Nivens. Welcome to the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. I am your host, Carla Nivens. Our show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries. Just head to their website. Go to loveministriesbuilds.com. Org. There's so much that we have going on in Love Ministries right now, and we would love to connect with you. You can also uh, keep up with me and everything that's going on in my life in this season of life at CarlaNivens.com. Go to Carla, K-A-R-L-A-N-I-V-E-N-S.com. Well, I am so excited about our interview for today. My very good friend, Chastity Bass. Uh, introduce us. We are welcoming for the first time Donna Renee Patrick. Donna is an award-winning author of At All Times and It's In Your Praise. She is the co-author of The Perfect Seven, Be Refreshed, and Stories of Roaring Faith, Volume 4. She is a worship ministry specialist. She's worked several years. I'm so excited to talk about that. She is a keynote speaker, a conference presenter, a moderator, and also an award-winning radio show host. Well, Donna, welcome to the Every Heart, Every Woman show, and thank you so much for having a conversation. Carla, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, like I said, when Chastity introduced us, I said our worlds um, look a lot of alike. And so, number one, I'm looking forward to this conversation. But number two, I'm looking forward to learning from you. And so really, I wanted to have a conversation about worship, which is my first love, my first passion. My mom tells stories all the time about me being a, a little bitty girl jumping up on our um, our uh, fireplace to get up there to worship. But I was so short, I could hardly get up there and I couldn't get off. And I, I like my hair right here in the middle. I still have oh, scars no. there trying oh, no. to get off. But I and and she I got in so much trouble, but she could not keep me from getting up there to worship. And so she says, you know, that I was born into worship, that I'm a natural worshiper. Wow. And so yeah. I am lo- I'm looking forward to learning from you because I know that you have these great nuggets of wisdom that you share with your audience on your radio show, but you also share them with, um, with uh, ministries and churches and you, you're so giving with your knowledge. So I'm looking forward to this. I would love to start off talking about John 4, 21 through 24. Um, I have based a lot of my ministry on this chapter. I have True Worship, which is a CD, and then um, uh, True Leaders with Heart, which is a book. And I so want to get your take on this. I'm going to read it. It says, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. 
We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the father seeks. But God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And so I was always taught, Donna, that worship, for worship to engage the, the heart of God, it requires your head and your heart or your emotions and the truth of God, of who God is. And this is the foundation for true worship. But I would love to know from your perspective and from your um, lived experience, how do you lead others to understand the meaning of true worship? You know, Carla, that is, first of all, an excellent, excellent question, because I think that passage is so familiar. And you know how sometimes as Bible readers, we take a familiar passage and just kind of gloss over it sometimes right. because we think we know what it says. Right. And and, and the, at the very basic, we do know what it says because we've read it so often. But there's something, there's so much in those two verses. And, and that is the, the passage that I use a lot as well, because that's the, that's the, 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 the backdrop. Mm-hmm. That's the backdrop that Jesus gave us. Jesus is giving us the mandate for worship in those verses. But there's something more that I like to point out in that. Notice in that passage, Jesus says God is looking for worshipers. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he wants worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth. And I'll get to what that means in a minute. But what I want us to notice is that there's nothing in that passage about music. Mm. There's nothing in there about instruments, nothing about how big your church is, right. who your bishop is. There's nothing in there. Song selection. Mm. That's, there's nothing in there about any of that. Jesus just says, if you're going to worship the father, do so in spirit and in truth, whatever that entails. And, and a, a lot of times, you know, and in that passage also, Carla, I will say this, Jesus is concerned not with the where, but with the how. Hmm. Notice yeah. that? Yeah. He's not yeah. concerned about the where, where we worship, but he is concerned about the how. Because I think a lot of times we get caught up in the where and, and, you know, my big church, our cushy pews, you know, we get caught up in the outer, we get caught up in the outward and Jesus is much more concerned about the inward. Yes. He's much more concerned with this. Yes. And, you know, during COVID, everything has changed anyway. You know, oh, yeah. and and, oh, yeah. and most churches now are back to meeting in person. I'll say most churches because not everybody. And it's up right. to how the Lord is leading the leadership. And you can right. make a really good argument for both sides. Um, yes. And so what that means is that, um, you know, um, it, it, it really doesn't matter if you are in the church. Or if you are in your um, living room or if you are in your bedroom, absolutely. When, when the time comes for you to worship, which is all day, every day, but when the time yeah. comes for you to worship, you yeah. can be confident that you are in the presence of the Holy Father 
And it is now time for you to worship, right? Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think the problem that a lot of people had, a lot of church people had when COVID hit is that I need to be in the church building to Mm -hmm. worship God. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. Simply because God is everywhere. God is everywhere. There's never a place where God is not. And so we can worship, we can bring God's house to our house. Right. And see, a lot of people were not prepared for that when COVID hit, because we thought we had to be sitting in the building right. to worship. And that's not true. We can worship at home, as you said, in your living room, in your bedroom, in the car, wherever, wherever you and God can be alone is a good place to worship. Yeah. So, so what are the elements that we actually do have? You said in your answer that um, it doesn't say anything about music. It doesn't say anything about song selection. Man, we get caught up in a lot of arguments about song selection and does that bring the spirit in and, you know, and all of these things. So it doesn't say anything about that. And both of us work in, in worship ministry, you know, right. So we're not, you know, this is a, this is a very honest and raw conversation. So what are the elements that you actually need in order to engage the heart of the father in true worship? Well, Jesus is after the heart. Now, true enough, our bodies get involved. True Mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. he, He does desire our head, our heart, our whole bodies, our feet, our hands lifted. He does welcome all of that. But but I believe that he wants our heart first. Mm-hmm. Because Carla, we can do all the right stuff. We can sing all the what we call the right songs. We can do all that. We can have the best musicians in the country, mm-hmm. in our churches. Uh, we can be singing all the hot music. We can have a what they call now a rock star worship right. leader. Right. We right. can have all that, but those are externals. God is much more concerned about our hearts. Are our hearts connected with him? Worship mm-hmm. is a heart matter. Yes. And so is praise. Both of them are matters of the heart. And so we can do all this, what we think is the right stuff, sing all the right music. But if our hearts are not connected with him, well, then we still have a problem. Yeah. And the problem is not musical. The problem is spiritual. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that if people are shouting and, you know, and, and, and man, the praise is high, yeah. um, that is not the right way to walk out of the church and say, oh yeah, we did it today. Like we, you know, we, we worship yeah, today. Well, yeah. We can do all of that. But I'm, what I'm saying is that doesn't necessarily mean that we worship while we were there. Yes, yes. Because if all we're concerned about the externals, how high I lifted my hands and how long mm-hmm. I ran around the church and, mm-hmm. you know, if, if that's all we're concerned about, we're still missing it because God wants a heart pure to him. Yes. And remember now the devil comes to church. <laughs> remember. Okay. <laughs> remember now the devil comes to church. So, so, but he's not there to meet God. He's there right. to distract those mm-hmm. of us who are mm-hmm. there to meet him, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, we gotta be sure we have to be sure 
Carla, that our worship, whatever expression our praise and worship takes, yeah. whatever expression it takes, that it's it's in it's Holy Spirit driven, Holy Spirit led. Yes. And that doesn't mean it's got to be quiet like a graveyard. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that at all. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. the Bible says, make a joyful noise. Right. It says, make a joyful noise. And so let's do that. But be sure that it's a heart matter and that our hearts are involved more than our heads. Yes. So one thing that this makes me think of, I did not plan to ask you this, but one thing that this makes me think of, because now I have um, just kind of slid over a little bit. I won't say left worship because I'm still in it in, in certain aspects in our, in our church culture, but I slid over to um, racial justice and, and teaching uh, about different types of cultures and welcoming in different types of cultures. And one of the questions that I'm asked is, if we invite another culture in, does that mean that our worship culture, you know, is going to get moved to the back burner or is going to disappear? And my message ha has always been, well, you know, the Lord created this beautiful diversity and he actually had that in mind when he created us. Otherwise, he wouldn't have he would have made us all look like just the same thing. Um, yeah. and so he had this beauty in mind and we may be leaving something on the table because we're saying, well, our people only want this. And this is the only thing that we're going to feed them when there are other things out there that really may, um, usher in this beautiful spirit. And I, I personally love it when when worship in, involves all of these beautiful different um, yeah. cultures and sounds yeah. and, yes. you know, um, yes. you know, different things. And so I probably don't follow the, the, you know, I don't know the, the formula that you're supposed to follow only because I feel like let's, let's get in the presence of the Lord and see what he would have for us this week. And then let's just, you know, bring it, you know, to the people. So what would you say to individuals who are thinking, well, my culture has to be um, maintained and I can't bring in anything else uh, different or, or new. And that diversity is not going to meet the needs of the people sitting in front of me. Carla, that is such an explosive question. And it is an excellent one. Because I think that particular conversation is going on. Mm -hmm. It's going on in churches all over the body of Christ. And, and Carla, what I've seen, what I've seen is that, first of all, worship is universal. Yes. Because, thank, thank the Lord. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Worship is universal. Worship is not cultural. Mm. Um, worship is not. Um, limited to cultures, nationalities, races of people, um, continents. Not true enough. We may have different expressions of worship, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, worship is universal yeah. because we serve a universal God. 
God is not looking at culture by culture. He's not looking at that. God is looking at who is willing to worship me Mm -hmm. in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. And so I think Carla, at the end of the day, what we, when we talk about diversity, we've got to maybe turn it into a teaching moment, Mm -hmm. perhaps uh, when we're leading worship, turn it into a small teaching moment and, Mm -hmm. and let our congregations know whoever is sitting out there, however many cultures make up our congregations, make it a small teaching moment to say, we serve a universal God. Yes. We don't serve a cultural God. Mm-hmm. We serve a universal God. He loves us all. Worship is universal. And he just wants us to fo- make the focus on him. Now, also speaking of diversity, we have su- God has given us such a wonderful opportunity. And this is not a COVID thing. This is a, this is a church thing when we really pay attention to it. God has given us so many opportunities. God has given us singing. He's given us instrumental music. He's mm-hmm. given us dance ministries. Mm-hmm. And, and the dance ministry done right can be a beautiful thing in the worship experience. And I say done right for a reason, but, but because everybody doesn't do it right. But anyway, that's another, <laughs> that's another podcast. Um, so he's given us singing. He's given us voices, instruments, dancing. He's mm-hmm. given us art. I've been at worship experiences before where there was an artist who was painting what he heard. Mm -hmm. He was painting what the singers were singing and what the Holy Spirit was dealing with him Mm -hmm. to throw on that canvas. Mm -hmm. And when he was done, it was amazing. It was amazing because whatever whatever God was speaking to him as he painted, that's what came out on that canvas. And it was just amazing. Mm -hmm. So I think we should be open. We should be open to different forms. It's not always singing or, or instrumental music. It can be dance. Mm-hmm. It can be art. It can be, my, it can even be mine. Um, but I also, I'm mindful of the fact, Carla, that, that every, everything doesn't work in every church. Mm-hmm. I'm also mindful of that. So, so we have to be, you know, cognizant of the fact that we really have to be led of the Lord what we bring into our congregations, you know, cause everybody's not open to the dance ministry. Right. Everybody's not open to art during the worship experience. So, so right. we've got to be mindful of that and, and what's really working, what's going to really feed our congregations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not, yeah. Did I answer your question? I'm not yes. sure. If I yes, 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 yes. You did. And you took it a step further. You, you took it to things in my mind and you got my mind, um, thinking on different levels. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate that answer. One thing I am a true proponent of is personal worship time. Now I have to give the background of this because my daughter is the same place that I was, you know, my mom is a worshiper. And when I travel to Dallas, I'm in in the Houston area. Now, when I travel to Dallas, I stay with my mom and she literally still has the same routine. You know, when I get up to worship, she's up worshiping and praying and, um, you know, writing and all of that. So when she says, I'm going to pray for you, that is not a, you know, a statement that she says and throws it away. She's wow. actually praying. And so she's modeled that for me. Yeah. 
and I modeled it for my children and my daughter. And I remember thinking, I say this often, I remember thinking, you know, when I would get up for school and my mom was down there worshiping, I said, it doesn't take all that. You know, you don't, you don't have to do all that she's doing. And my daughter has said that to me. She was like, you don't, (laughs) you do a lot here. (laughs) You don't have to do all that. And I, so to which I told her, behold your future, because I honestly said that same thing. And I was not going to do all that. I really wasn't going to do all that because I I said that it doesn't take all that. She does. My mom does a lot. Um, And so my daughter, she's not there yet, but she she will be there. Yes. And so I, I just, I don't think I can explain enough the value of personal worship time and not waiting until you get to church for somebody to rev you up and say the right thing. And, you know, and I always say when I, when I go to church, I'm ready. When I'm putting on my clothes, I'm going to worship. You know, like when I get there, I know I'm going to worship. It doesn't matter if the people can sing or they can't play. When I'm doing it, they're going to be able to sing and play. But it doesn't matter. You know, when I go, (laughs) they can't play. They don't know the script, whatever. I I am going to worship and I'm going to hear a word from the Lord. But I believe that comes from cultivating that time, that daily time. Um, Is is. Personal worship time, is that a must for Christians? I answer that without reservation. Yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And especially for those of us in leadership, Mm -hmm. Carla. Yes. Because as a worship leader, we can't lead somebody anywhere we have not been ourselves. Mm -hmm. That goes for preachers, ministry leaders, musicians. Mm-hmm. Quiet, whatever, whatever your role might be. And even, and you don't have to be in leadership. You could be a layperson. You right. could just be coming to church, enjoying the word every Sunday. Yes. Worship is a must for every child of God on a personal level mm-hmm. before you get to church. And, and Carla, I think we too get caught up in, I can only worship God when I'm at church. And that's not so. Right. That's not so. And right. I'm so glad you brought that up personal worship there's there is there is there is something it means something corporate and private worship Mm -hmm. both Mm -hmm. of them play a role both of them play a role and honey in in the environment we're in right now in this pandemic you better develop a personal worship lifestyle yes you better develop one don't wait till you get back to church because you don't have to as i said earlier god is everywhere and so, yes, I think personal worship has to be priority for every child of God. Yeah. Worship when you're not at church. Mm-hmm. Worship when you're at Walmart. Worship when you're, as you mentioned, when you're getting dressed for church. You're mm-hmm. worshiping in Walmart, at the laundromat, in your car, picking up the kids from school. Worship is universal and we can worship him. There's only two places to worship God, Carla. Okay. Anywhere. And everywhere. And everywhere. <laughs> That's it. Those are the only two places. Anywhere yeah. and everywhere. Yeah. So yes, yes, it's a must. It, it's an absolute must. Yeah. And and I feel like number one, it humbles me because we we, yeah. you know, we 
tend to think a lot of our, I think musicians, we think a lot of ourselves. Um, I was talking to a pastor and I said that, and she said, well, pastors, we think a lot of ourselves too. And I, and I said, okay, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not calling myself a pastor. I'm just saying worship leaders and, and, you know, musicians, we think a lot of ourselves and in that time of worship, not only am I, um, um, extolling the Lord, um, magnifying the Lord, but it also brings me down to my, my rightful place um, as him, you know, with him as the Lord of my, as the Lord of my life. And he's always, he always has something to say. He always has something to say. And so when you go into his presence, there's a natural communication that happens and, and he always has something to say back. So I honestly think you're leaving something on the table. If you, if you yeah. don't worship, right? I, 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 Carla, I'll completely agree. I completely agree. And, and to add to what you were saying um, about that personal time, humbling ourselves, um, you know, keeping our eyes on him, you know, worship on a personal level, on a personal daily level, keeps us focused on him, mm-hmm. you know, and I can't get all caught up in me because we all do it. You're right. We all do it. Mm-hmm. But 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 it takes a focus on him to bring us back to where we need to be. And and God is always speaking. Yes. We're not always listening. But he's always speaking and worship right. will put us in a mode to listen. Yes. Worship puts us in a mode to really listen to him. You know, and I'll say this real quick. I'll say this real quick, Carla. What if it, if our spouses, what if we never talk to our spouses? Mm-hmm. What if we never, what if we never spent time with them? What Mm -hmm. if we never listened Mm -hmm. to our spouses? What kind of marriages would we have? Right. You know, it's the same way in the spirit realm. It's the same way in the spirit realm. See, some of us want to date God. Some of us even want to pimp God. (laughs) But we're really not in relationship with him. And Mm -hmm. that personal worship builds that relationship with him. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. I think we could go on and on and on and on and on, but I want to know uh, more about your radio show. Like, um, you know, where, where can we find it? What's the purpose behind, behind this, this ministry of yours? The purpose, I'll answer this one first. The purpose of the Donna Patrick show is to help us not only to, as they say, support and encouragement in those in worship ministry, but mm-hmm. it's also solutions. We're, we're not just about providing information. We're about providing solutions to the issues that you might face in your worship ministry mm-hmm. with your praise team between the pulpit and the music ministry. How well do you get along? How do you build a praise team? How do you maintain that personal worship life? So we talk, we really talk all things praise and worship on the Donna Patrick show. And, and it is on my Facebook page. It is Facebook live okay. every Monday, every Monday at one o'clock central time. Okay. I love it because there are not a lot of resources um, for us that that's literally why I wrote my book, True Leaders with Heart. There are not a lot of resources to keep us yeah. number one on our knees and Absolutely. And, and keep us 
you know, together as one team and one unit as yeah. we go before people. Um, the last thing we want to do is get up there all, you know, discombobulated and willy-nilly yeah. and not as a unit Absolutely. Um, humbled to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Absolutely. yeah, what, Absolutely. what you're doing is, is completely needed. So thank you for doing that. To God be the glory, Carla, to God be the glory. He called me into this ministry. I don't just do it because I have nothing else to do. Right. God called me into this ministry 20 some years ago mm-hmm. and he keeps pouring wood on the fire. Yes. He keeps pouring wood on the fire. So I love what I do. I love what yeah. I do. And I love helping those in leadership, pastors on down to go to another level in their worship. I Amen. love that. Amen. So how can our listeners uh, follow you and get in touch with you and buy your books and, and reach out to you as a, um, as a speaker for events? Well, first of all, my website is DonnaReneePatrick.com. There is a they can fill out. I'd be happy to get in touch with them. Um, I have a calendar link that I'd be happy to send you if you'd like that. Okay. They can get on my calendar, make an appointment, and we can sit down and talk about what their needs are. My books are on my website, DonnaReneePatrick.com slash store. At all times, it's in your praise and the perfect seven are on my website. Mm-hmm. The other two are not, but they can send me an email at Donna Renee Patrick at gmail.com. They can follow me on Facebook at Donna Renee Patrick MA. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. So there's there's various ways they can get hold of me. Yeah. And you put out a lot of um, great content for, for us that, that keeps us uplifted. So thank you so much for that. Um, right before we leave, Donna, I always ask people for their um, their hack, their best advice. What is your hack, your leadership or diversity hack for our Every Heart, Every Woman listeners? You know, for leadership hack, Carla, I would say, remember that the people you lead belong to God. Amen. They don't belong to you. Yes. The gifts and talents that we have, they came from God. Amen. So, so that would, to answer your question, that would be my main leadership hack. Recognize what you have in leadership, the people you lead, the gifts and skills that you have, that you've cultivated. It, it all came from God. Amen. And keep that Amen. in perspective. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, what a blessing. Uh, Donna, thank you so much uh, for coming to Every Heart, Every Woman's show and sharing with us. You have blessed us, blessed our socks off. Um, and, and so hopefully at some time in the future, you come and, and share with us again. Um, everyone, we're going to close out with a little bit of true worship. I'm Carla Nivens. I am your host, and this has been Donna Renee Patrick joining me. Everyone, have a wonderful week.